0: 19 years old when I got into the Big 12. Just kidding. No, not, not, not even close. As much as uh, people tell us it, it helps them, it's, it's helping that we're getting so much out of it as well. So,
1: yeah. I love being able to call John O'Neill and talk to him. You
0: know, losers have excuses and winners have programs. <laughs> so I figured, I
2: figured that I'd just call it a. I've heard it said that a referee can make up to seven decisions per play.
1: Let's just get right to the news. <laughs> and I have never known 10 5 a ones better than I do right now. Every <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: a genuine love of football that came from my dad. I don't know how close this episode will air to Father's Day, but uh, how about a shout out to all the dads yeah. out there.
1: So, welcome back to another conversation uh, between Dwayne and I, the uh, Rule 11 officials. Yes. Um,
0: this is number 48. Is that what it is? Yes.
1: 48.
0: We're um, getting close to 50. Wow. That's crazy. Hey. Crazy to think, right? It's flying by.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of thrown off with my <laughs> a little <laughs> bit here, but hey, um, thank you for everybody that, that supports and listens. Um, mm hmm everybody that downloads uh everybody that sends us a lot of th- uh emails and comments and all all the like um participates in our quizzes and and sends us in, in, any information out there. Yeah. Um thank you for that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty it's, it's awesome. It's humbling sometimes to hear um kind of the effect the show's having. Mm-hmm. So um so that's why we continue to do it. So mm-hmm. it keeps us motivated. And uh, it, def- it helps us. I know you heard yeah. us in the, uh, probably in the intro, say it helps us. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> when you teach, <clears throat> they say you learn it a little bit better. I don't know if we're teaching anybody, but we have to do this research and we want to be right and all that. And mm-hmm. talking to all these great guests um, helps us. So we're getting a lot of our- out of it as well. So.
1: Absolutely. So with that. Um... God, that's loud. <laughs> Sorry, little little production change here. So, yeah. um, hey, we got we got a lot of stuff kind of sent our way this week. Um, yeah, on a lot yeah. of levels. So, yeah, a we, of, we can't uh, read them all, but we're gonna yeah talk about a couple. We things. have
0: um we have a couple of emails sent to us, and one of them
1: actually I mean, three of them kind of are in the same yeah, realm. Three
0: of them surround this one question or this one play scenario. Okay. And we're going to talk about that here. So um, let me read the, the play scenario from one of our uh, listeners.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to read the email. Um, because I think that's the best way to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, that. his
1: scenario that, that he yeah. said his area had a lot of discussion.
0: Yep. Right, okay. And this is, which one of these guys? Jeremy. Here it is. Jeremy. Thank you for sending from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, email. Thank you for uh, the work that you do for officiating. The rules study group that I am a part of recently had a test of questions that we all created. <clears throat> um, this idea came directly from one of your podcasts, and I think we all benefit from the experience. I have a place in that I want to share with you. Right. Okay. There we go. For, it's 4th and eight at the A20. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Going out. Uh, the punter receives a long snap at the A5 and punts the ball. Mm. Uh, B85 blocks the kick and then subsequently displaces the kicker. That doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have a block kick, mm-hmm. a block punt. Yep. The ball lands at the A16. Okay. okay? So we're behind. on the backfield. and <clears throat> Yeah. The line of scrimmage mm-hmm. where A1 kicks the rolling ball further downfield. Okay. Okay. Gunner, A35, is the first to touch the rolling ball at the A30. Mm-hmm. So we know it's beyond now. Yep. But is unable to recover the ball. B42 lands on and recovers the ball at the A35. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> okay. And he goes on to say this play generated a healthy discussion. Yes. There's been a lot of healthy discussions about this play. This
1: this type of play. Just
0: because yep. the way the rules are written mm-hmm. um there's there hasn't been a uh hasn't been a consensus about what the real I mean about the what the actual, you know, enforcement should be. But so we're going to give you our interpretation mm-hmm. of the rules. Mm-hmm. Um it's not the gospel. Nope. And we're just going to present evidence like in a courtroom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um, you can decide which way you want to go. Yes, sir. And, um, again, it's, we're not right. So,
1: this is a regular Perry Mason <clears throat> right here. So, yeah. so again, so, what's the result of the play?
0: The result of the play is um, the receiving team recovering in a ball at the 835.
1: Okay, so we have a scrimmage kick that's dead beyond the neutral zone at the 35 and Team B possession. Correct. Okay. Is there any fouls or violations or both on the play?
0: There is a illegal there's a illegal touching violation.
1: And that was at the A30? Yes. Okay. And then yeah. is there any fouls?
0: There is one foul. There is an illegal kicking foul.
1: Yeah. Um by A1. By A1 at the A16.
0: Yes. Okay. So behind the line of scrimmage. All right. Okay. Okay. Um mm-hmm. so What's next? One option.
1: So, Team B.
0: So, normally we go with what's the basic spot, right? Yes. So, I think this is where I need to read this this uh, rule, this, um, in f- this penalty statement.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. Go, go so, with that. Yep.
0: Yep. So, the penalty statement for illegal, illegally kicking the ball says 10 yards plus loss of down uh-huh. for fouls by Team A mm-hmm. if the loss of down is not in conflict with other rules.
1: Okay. And okay. what does that mean?
0: And um, At
1: least and so, the way we interpret it. Well, the way we interpret it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then it goes on to say, exception, no loss of down if the foul occurs when a legal scrimmage kick is beyond the neutral zone.
1: Okay. Well, okay. Uh-huh. So. Seems that like that happened here.
0: Um. Well, the kick happened. I mean, the kick happened beyond, the, behind it. The before,
1: kick happened behind.
0: Before Correct. the it went yes. beyond. But Correct. Still. Okay. Yes. So. Um, in this case, let's talk about the conflict in rule. Uh-huh. And, uh, so what's, where do we have, the, where's the conflict in the rule here?
1: Uh, it conflicts with, ri- with rule six, three thirteen, which is fouls by the kicking team. Yes. That So all fouls, all A-L-L. Yes. All fouls by the kicking team, except KCI. Mm-hmm. Um, and that are, that are uh, during a scrimmage kick that uh, the ball is beyond the neutral zone. Yep. Um, except on a field goal attempt. Right. Right. Are enforced at the previous spot with the down repeated, as it says. Yes. Or at the subsequent dead ball spot that belongs to team B at the option of team B.
0: Correct. And I'm just going to correct one word. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was paraphrasing it. Cause so.
0: you're not, you're t- doing it off the top of the the, the the dome. Yep. Um, it says in which the ball crosses the neutral zone may be enforced at either at, at the previous spot with the down repeated or um, whatever you said at the subsequent.
1: And there's an exception for the fouls in the end zone. Yeah. Or a safety option.
0: Correct. So that's the conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, um, you you don't get the loss of down, right? So if you were to enforce, so this is the one reason, evidence of me. If you were to enforce it from there, it'll still be fourth down, right? Mm-hmm. Or B can still be can get the ball and then tack it on to where they um where they um are in possession of the ball, right? Where yes. they, where it belongs to B. Correct. I should say because possession may not matter.
1: Right. <clears throat> Correct. So
0: um do you have any other points? So on no
1: that? Nine, nine four is it one?
0: Nine kicking is four. Nine four four.
1: Okay, so nine four four. It, same thing for back. right? Is right. is in conflict? That yes. That penalty statement is in conflict with fouls by the kicking team in six three thirteen, correct? Because of the way it's worded, all fouls yes are enforced that may be enforced yes previous spot down repeated or the dead spot that belongs to team B. Yeah, at the option B. it doesn't. So that's our conflict.
0: Yes, and oh, you got to finish
1: that. No, and so okay. and since we ha- go ahead.
0: I was going to say, and the other bit of evidence that I have is whenever you have a kick that has gone beyond the neutral, a scrimmage kick that has gone beyond the neutral zone, the continuity of downs is broken, Right. which means somebody's getting a new first down. Yes. Right? Yes. So let that sink in for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I think they put this language in there and this rule- so you don't have to deal with the loss of down thing because there's no loss of there's no down to lose. Yeah, right?
1: if we've already broken.
0: Economy. Loss of down is the um, you know, losing the opportunity to repeat, repeat. the down. Right? right. There's no down to repeat, and so there's no loss of down. So it's kind of those two rules are kind of tied together, or those three rules, and mm-hmm. and in, in that they I don't think this this is my <laughs> my argument. I don't think they want you to. Have the loss of down because of all of those things, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why you're allowed to either enforce it from the previous spot with the down repeated, or tack it tack on, it on and, and, where it belongs so. to be. So,
1: so in this case, yes, uh, the touching spot would not be more beneficial to team B, so they would accept the elite. Was it a kicking or batting? It's kicking. The illegal yeah. kicking foul. The yeah. penalty for the foul and force it from the dead ball spot, which is I think five yards further downfield than the illegal touching spot. To the um, right, I had it here a second ago. Because the touching was at the thirty, the end of the kick is at the thirty-five, so we're going to go to the to the a to twenty-five, right? Um, which would cancel that illegal touching. Yes. Um, so that is our interpretation of that that rule. Yep um and i know that there's a lot of discussion about that stuff.
0: Yeah, um, i mean, we've had many discussions with people and um the debate goes on. Mm-hmm. And so lastly, yes. you sent me a bulletin. Yes. from the CFO. Yes. So, i'm going to bring it up right now. Now here it is. Okay, i have it. Yes, yeah, 2016. 2016. CFO post season rules quiz. And the first question with on quiz number two, is a, a question like this: Except the foul, the batting occurs from the end zone, mm-hmm. and so they, the correct answer was to um, tack on the foul from. Excuse me, tack on the penalty from the subsequent dead ball spot where it belongs to be.
1: Yeah, the, the the verbiage in there said basically that the team team B's would most likely accept the penalty from the spot where it belongs to them yes. because it was so close to team A's end zone that they would like to score a touchdown instead of the two points in the ball. Yeah. Because this would have been a this is the exception for safety for fouls uh in the end zone by team A. Correct. On that rule. So yeah. And that gives the rule reference of six three thirteen. Yeah. In that
0: So just going back to it, let's say um Let's say back to our other play. Uh-huh. Let's just say this conflict of rules didn't really um exist. If you um if the ball went past the scrimmage down, I mean a, um went beyond. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just trying to think <laughs> how what's could your, I go the other way?
1: Like, for for what?
0: Like how could we get a spot file out of it? Uh, okay, so yeah, I'll so, give you one. Yeah.
1: Same exact thing that 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 uh that my uh, that uh, Jeremy, Jeremy. Jeremy yep. sent us from Chicago. Yep. Instead of the ball going out of bounds or dead at the 30, because the, the kick was, the previous spot was the A20. Yeah. And the kick happened at the A16. Yep. It goes out of bounds at the A18.
0: So be, behind the neutral zone. Yes. Yep. And so the fact that it stays behind the neutral zone, you don't get in the 6 3 Because
1: we do not have a, a legal scrimmage kick dead beyond the neutral zone. Right. We have uh, a legal scrimmage kick. Right. But it's it never crossed the neutral zone.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be dead beyond well, I, as soon as it goes beyond the neutral zone goes away.
1: Right. It has to cross the neutral yeah. zone by reason. Um
0: and then um and then also since it hasn't crossed the neutral zone, we don't have continuity the continuity of downs problem. Right. right.
1: So like if it was third down for some reason. Right. And it went out of bounds to the eighteen, who ge- who keeps the ball? A will keep A the still ball, keeps the ball and
0: it will right, go to fourth down. down so so. Yeah. So, I mean all of those things seem to for us, you know, um, lean us toward uh, you know, the tack on option or the 6313 yeah. enforcement. So
1: anyway, It's a great one. I anyway, mean I'm I'm telling you. You talking
0: about it if somebody out there has um Steve Shaw's number or <laughs> <laughs> has access to him and can uh, kind of force him to give us an answer. So, mm-hmm. uh please do yeah and we'll get that out on the air, so
1: but again we we asked for people to share some play scenarios with us, yeah we got what we asked for, thank you, Jeremy from Chicago yep, and uh keep those things coming because that's what we're looking for is for things to talk about mm-hmm. um, because if the more we talk about these things, the more we improve on them and more it's right. set the concrete sets in my head of these specific <laughs> rules, so that's exactly. the meaning of all of this. Exactly. So thank you uh, so much a, for that. So there you go. Let's see. Pr- promotions. We got some promotions
0: today. Oh, gee. Yes. <laughs> OMG. Um, so, again, last um, episode, if you listen to that, we talked about saving the date, July 15th. And so we're going to um, we're gonna have the Rule 11 virtual officiating clinics. And we're going to have a pilot of that just to see how it goes, see if people are interested. And, uh, and so that's going to be at 10 AM on the uh, East coast time. Uh-huh. And then you could do the math for the rest, yep. but our presenter will be none other than uh big 12 referee, Brandon Cruz, who d- always does an outstanding job. Yep. Um, and he will be presenting on a couple of things. And um, I, I, I'm i just going to tell you the general topic, but there's going to be... in it, The general topic is three-in-one principle mm-hmm. and catch-no-catch. Uh, no catch. But there's going to be a lot of interaction during the uh, live session. So it's going to be on live. It's going to be interactive. Um, you know, there should be some video involved with that interaction, you know, some question and answers, mm-hmm. um, so we encourage you to sign up when uh, we send that out, hopefully in the next week, um, send out the registration for that and uh, and then after you've and you've uh, attended, give us your feedback to see if we want to do this again next year, so yeah,
1: absolutely so um, yeah, please check it out. I mean a lot of people yeah. have done a lot of hard work on that, to, uh, at least to give us a shot. to to see how this thing goes, you know? So it'll be fun to give it a try. Um, How about uh, a play or a quote of the week? Quote of the week. week. We already (laughs) did the play of the week.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this one's from Frederick Nietzsche and it came in from Alex. Yeah. So he, it says, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. So. There you go.
1: Let it soak, Alex. <laughs>
0: Let it soak. <laughs>
1: thank you for the email as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, great
1: email and provided us with a quote of the week. That's a solid email. I mean, that's a solid email.
0: Yeah, that's solid. I mean,
1: if you if you must say. Yep. So what are we doing today? Um, we have a guest on today. And who is that gonna be?
0: It is uh Mountain West referee Michael Vandervelde. Yes. And so he's gonna talk about Pre-game meetings uh-huh. and film
1: review. Film, film review. Because they kind of started a new program, I think, last year, right, in the, in the Mountain West where the referee is the uh, film grader for the crew. Yeah, they, so,
0: they've always – the Big 12 referees right. have always uh, – f- uh, were the first graders of uh-huh. the film. Uh-huh. And so they've brought that to the uh, Mountain, Mountain West. West okay.
1: Well. So we'll talk a little bit about that and some other things. So um, this will be good. So give us a couple minutes and we're going to get on the phone with Michael Vandervelde real quick. Okay. Hey, Hey, here we go. Thanks um, for Michael Vandervelde to join us today and talk yeah. a little referee position. Um, we, hey, anytime we get a guest to, to talk <laughs> about their their story and their position and, and how we can all improve is always great. So uh, we want to thank Michael for coming on. So Michael, how are you today?
2: Doing well, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, thanks for, for asking. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we can get a good little dialogue going here. Cool. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um... I appreciate this very much. And where are you from, Michael?
2: Uh, I am from Grand Rapids, Michigan originally. So, um, but now currently living in Mandeville, Louisiana, which is just North of new Orleans on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain. So Uh, that's where I'm residing. It's been here for about eight years now.
0: Cool. Okay. Awesome. Hot. So as we always do, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's probably hot and humid. (laughs) Um, As we always do, could you uh, give us an overview of your your officiating career?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I began all the way back in 2002, no, 2003 was my first fall, and that's where I began uh, officiating high school football, and I began doing that in Michigan for a couple of years, and then moved into uh, Colorado for a couple of years, and worked high school ball out there, and then moved down to Louisiana, and uh, once I kind of moved to Louisiana, the uh, the college track began to uh, kick in a little bit. Attended some camps in uh, 2011, 2012, 2013. Did the camp scene at Reno and um, went to a couple SWAT camps for uh, Harold Mitchell there, and then also went to the Miami Clinic there for Gerald Austin. So hit the track, hit that hit that scene for a little bit, and then uh, had the great opportunity to get uh, hired in the Southland Conference in the CFO West under Byron Boston, and that was about 2013 and have been progressing through that the last couple of years, and uh this will be my third season in the Mountain West Conference as a referee, so worked a little back judge there we go um, coming in as a college official, and then uh, moved directly to the referee position, so been there for about four years and five years so um
0: that that's awesome
2: know, enjoyed it, man, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know you've helped me um. Uh, as I've starting it in the uh, CFO West. So I definitely appreciate that, but I'm not going to let you like gloss over one of the highlights in your career. Didn't you do a uh, national championship here? um, I did. I did.
2: I was uh, fortunate enough. Yeah. in the FCS national championship, James Madison versus North Dakota state uh, university. And it was 20, uh, it was a 2017 season there. So, um, yeah, man, great honor. It was a uh, unbelievable crew. Had a great time with everybody on that crew for that playoff run, and um, you know, just to be in that atmosphere and and uh, to be that last crew standing in January there was was fantastic. But you know, it was it was the crew, man. It's definitely uh, all the other guys surrounding around me. That was that was the best part of it. So, um, yeah, it was good. It's a great honor.
1: Any accomplishment <laughs> like that is is, is yeah. great. And I, I'm I can appreciate that. Um that we always got to give everybody some credit in there because you're right. I mean, I, I, I put it this way when I'm, a, when I'm on my day job, I'm only as good as the crew I have around me. And so yeah. if I, if they thrive, we all thrive. So that, that's great to hear that. So let's jump Absolutely. into, some, let's jump into some pregame, um, aspects, um, from your perspective as a referee. So, um, in pregame meetings, I mean, for you, where do you hold yours? Are they depending on where you're at, where you're traveling to? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, we
2: it's just going to it kind of depends on, you know, what time kickoff is. So if I'm looking at a Saturday kickoff and it's an evening kick, then we're probably going to pregame Saturday morning. If we have a midday kickoff on Saturday, we will pregame Friday night. So okay. it just kind of depends when kickoff is and, and when we, you know, we, we're traveling in on Fridays and, you know, most of the crew gets in you know, no later than 4 p.m., whatever, you know, time zone we're at. So uh, we we usually can have a pregame around six o'clock. And, you know, I'm only going, you know, for me personally, I like an hour and a half, you know, tops. I think, you know, one thing that I've picked up in my my past or, you know, just with other crews is that if you get over an hour and a half, you get into the two hour time zone, it just kind of gets to be long, um, drawn out. And, you know, it's the, the crew does not get or does not stay as engaged as they should be. So, um, you know, we try to stick to an hour and a half and, you know, we're doing a lot of different things, um, with that. You know, I like to, you know, I like all of my guys talking. I want everybody on the crew, um, every person involved, every position, you know, talking about what we're going to do for that game that week. You know, we may spend a few minutes on, uh, you know, studying the film from the previous week and going over some certain mechanic things that we need to tighten up. But, overall we want to focus in on what we're doing and how we're focusing for that game. So, um, about an hour and a half, everybody's got a little, uh, something to do, you know, whether we go through a quiz or, you know, look over certain, you know, rules that, that may be you know pertinent, but also anything that the conference is, you know, currently highlighting any points of emphasis or anything like that will also be a part of the topic. So, um, but yeah.
0: Um, so do you have a, like a, a goal for your pregame meetings? Um, does that change, you know, based on yeah, it, uh, the, the time in the season? Yeah,
2: yeah de- it definitely does, Dwayne. Du- I think, you know, the biggest thing for us, you know, with my crew, it's, it's a week-to-week goal. Um, you know, we set our crew goals early in the season. And, you know, whatever we find as a crew, the top things that we want to focus on um, going forward. So we always bring those back up, you know, whether it's a communication thing, whether it's a game management thing, um, you know, things that we can tighten up week to week that we may have struggled with the week before usually ends up being the goal. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because, you know, each game kind of brings its challenges, you know, in and out. And so that's, that's the one thing we kind of keep flexible in the pregame. Um, and then things that we may have to communicate on, and it could be by, by, by position too. It could be, you know, center judge, umpire, referee, you know, Bermuda triangle type thing that we need to, you know, <laughs> focus on whether it's a second level block or front side, you know, are we seeing, seeing the right things or, you know, things in transition, you know, it could just be a variety of, of topics there.
1: Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned something I'd like to maybe ask us a, a second question on. You, you mentioned crew goals at the beginning of the season. How, how do you guys come up with those? Is, is that a group effort? Um, and do you have, you ask some, some guys to participate in that, or how do you come up with those goals?
2: Yeah, we, we get our, uh, we get a May conference call for our crews. Once the crew assignments come out, um, we get on and we kind of just, you know, say hello again. And hopefully we haven't made too many changes with our crews, but okay. you know, if not, we just kind of get familiar with each other. And the one thing I do send out is an email ahead of time asking for the guys to give me, you know, four, three, four individual goals that they want to accomplish for the season. Okay. And then also what they want from the crew.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: so they give us, you know, two to three, four tops. And then we just compile them and, you know, we basically set crew norms and what we want and what we expect for that season.
1: Okay, that's great. And you guys check in on those from time to time to to, to see progressive or how we're doing, uh, just to kind of recheck the inventory for that matter to see how we're doing?
2: Yeah, we usually do it about four times throughout the year, so quarterly. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. Probably week three, week six, week nine, and then week 12 usually is where we're looking at it.
0: Gotcha do you, are your pregame meetings the same format generally you know you're watching a little video, going over little rules um or does that change
2: no, we we try to keep it fresh um yeah. you know early in the season it's it's more structured you know I think we're we keep it pretty similar, pretty typical um open up with uh you know kind of the object, objective of the meeting and then we move into um going over the tests. Um, then we talk about replay gets involved and kind of talk about some of their things that they had focused on during the week. And then, you know, we talk about game administration and then we get into some of that film study from there and, um, you know, just kind of carry it out that way during the early part of the season. But, you know, my crew, we've, we've implemented uh, a little jeopardy game. So there's some occasional jeopardy games that are played where we do some, you know, fun facts and, you know, things along those lines that we put into pregame and, um, we've also done some different crew events, you know, if it's a, a golf outing or, um, a, a crew bowling event, you know, last year we were in San Diego state and we did a crew bowling pregame and, you know, just some different things. I mean, we're, we're talking football most of the time anyway, but it's also good to yeah. you know loo- loosen it up a little bit and kind of keep it, keep it fresh. So, sure. um, act. yeah, we've, we've done that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, great. They probably get pretty competitive, right? This so. bowling. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. That's absolutely. Awesome. That's awesome.
1: Um, okay. So there's one, there's one point I'm going to come back to at the end and I'm going to, and, and we'll come back to it because I, I forgot to ask yeah. you about a learning play, but we're going to come back to that at the end. <laughs> oh okay?
0: yeah. We, yeah, we didn't forget that. One. I forgot about that one. <laughs>
1: yeah. we'll, we'll catch that one at the end. Okay. But this is a topic that, that, um, I don't think it can ever be discussed enough or practiced enough by all of us, I think in, in, in film review. Now that whether that's you as a referee, I'm assuming you grade your cruise film, um, as a crew chief.
2: Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. We, um, yeah, we, uh, this past year, we ended up doing some, some crew grading and we did some things along those, those lines this year. And, um, yeah, that's, that was a great, a great experience. I can tell you, it made me a lot better on the field for
1: sure. Yeah. So between, let's between- say, uh, from from grading film as a as a film grader, or simply watching film for your own improvement, or probably they're both the same. But what do you find any difference in in those aspects of watching film? if any?
2: I, I think you know as as a grader, we're looking at the whole picture. You know, yeah. we're looking at each position, we're looking at mechanics, we're looking at judgment, quality of calls, you know, things of of that nature, and we're looking at probably a hundred and you know, 80 plays to 220 plays a game. So, you know, you're, you're really dissecting it and you're going over it over and over again. Um, You know, I think from, from the other aspect, when you're just watching film, depending on, you know, how strong you are as a, from a position standpoint, um, you're, you're basically just grading yourself. You might be looking at quality of calls and what you, what you called that game and um, you know, maybe look at some mechanic things that you're concerned with, or you felt you weren't in position for and things like that. So, you know, as a referee, you know, I, the one area I want to do is be able to help my entire crew out and, and try to pick up those things each week. So mm-hmm. whether it's a evaluating film for myself or, you know, grading a film, I want to, I want to give them some nuggets each week that are both positive and negative and some things that we can improve upon, but also continue to do the things that we've been doing successfully too. So, um, <laughs> you know, it just kind of varies, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, yeah. it's just a, it's kind of a, a fluid deal again. I mean, you want to continue to keep that you know, productive. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And ultimately it's so that we perform better the next week and, um, you know, whatever we need to do in order to get it to that point.
0: Right. Yeah. So take us through, um, you know, you just had a game and then, um, you know, the film comes out. Can you take us through that process timing wise when you're looking at film and, um, and then, you know, how the grading goes, how long it takes some, some of those things.
2: Yeah, so typical game, game gets over. Uh, we've, we've got our thumb drives or our iPads or whatever getting downloaded up in the press box on the DV Sport system. So we get that right away and, you know, we start driving back home to the hotel or wherever we end up going for that night. Um, and we're already looking at the calls that we made. So, you know, everybody but the driver pretty much. So we're sitting there driving back <laughs> and everybody else is looking at what we call, their quality, how we feel about them um doesn't show up well on the film. So we get kind of that, that first scrub going on the way back. Mm. Um, for me, you know, Saturday night after that, we're we're hitting the bed and getting up on a flight early Sunday morning. And um, when I'm on the plane, I'm, I'm going through the TV cut and just picking up some different things from that one, taking some notes and, you know, jotting down some different uh, play times that I want to look back at when the uh, intercut comes in. And for us, you know, we're fortunate enough to get our intercut, you know, Sunday night roughly around five o'clock. So as soon as that gets on Sunday night, I'm, I'm going to take about three hours initially and start going through at least the first quarter if I possibly can. So I get the kids to bed about, you know, eight o'clock central time. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably up until about 11, working through those plays. Um, Monday, Monday evening, as soon as we get home from work, you know, five o'clock until probably the end, um, as soon as I can get that done, um, I'm probably spending another probably four, four, four and a half, five hours. Um, then when it's all said and done, finishing up and finalizing it on Tuesday. So when it's all said and done, we're probably looking at a good seven, seven to eight hours Monday, uh, Sunday night through Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'm done with it. Um, putting it to bed and moving on, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, we're getting geared up for the next week and start focusing on what, um, what we got coming up this week. So
0: okay. that's gotcha. Yep. You, you got something to tell me? No, okay. Oh, uh, so just what, as you're watching the film, like, um, what types of things are you looking for? Um, I mean, you 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 touched on it a little bit. Are you, um, because you say you take three hours, you, you must be looking at it in in a lot of detail. Uh, so maybe you can expand yeah. a little bit on that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Initially, we're you know we're hitting play and we're running through the entire play, and you know I'm looking for. You know certain things where a player hits the ground, or you know something fun- funky that kind of catches my eye. Uh, and then I'll rewind it and play it through again. You know, um, kind looking for different things. You know, if it's a, a stretch play or things like that, I'll I'll start work front side as if I was the, you know, line of scrimmage guy or or the referee, and then then I'm then I'm going to rewind it and work it backside and see what happened on the backside of the play, and then look at it again from a a second level standpoint with the deeps. And then after that, I'm starting to look at any mechanical breakdowns that we may have had and, uh, you know, things like that, you know, and then, yeah. you know, if we stumble upon a flag and, you know, obviously we've got to make a, you know, whether our judgment was good or not. So then we, you know, graded a according, accordingly for that. So, um, you know, that may add in a, an extra layer, but again, I, I really want to focus in on the mechanics of it. You know, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, Walt Anderson was always, you know, very, very much, uh, a huge advocate for s- strong mechanics, put us in the right position to make the right calls. And, you know, for just one step, not in the right position, then we have to find out how do we get to that spot to make that right call. So, um, you know, I'm looking at those a lot more and, uh, more in depth and I kind of allow my crew to do their, they, they'll look at more of the judgment deal, um, yeah. as we go through and kind of keep our, we do a Google doc throughout the week as well. So that's oh. a live, you know, continuous deal that everybody's filling in as they get the time. So, um, that's always good discussion as well.
0: So, so the crew members are also, um, reviewing their, their, you know, individual positions as well. Right. Is that the case? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So what, what kind of input goes into Google docs as a crew?
2: So we'll put, um, according to our, to our grading scale, we'll look at mechanics, um, you know, whether it's correct mechanic, incorrect mechanic, uh, you know, looking at judgment, looking at, uh, you know, just no great remarks, just general comments, you know, what did you think of this play? I mean, what, look at this potential, uh, low block by the right tackle, you know, did anybody see this? How, how did that, you know, transpire throughout the play, you know, just some general thoughts to make sure that our eyes are in the right position. So, um, usually inquiry-based questions, you know, open-ended, sure. and then someone will respond back as as the day goes on. So it's kind of it's fascinating to see what your crew picks up, and yeah. you know, again, you go back to pregame discussions and and how does that go, and you know, it's it's based on the Google Doc, some of the things that we talk about, and you know, a lot of our good things and our bad things come back into conversation on on Friday night in the pregame when we you know when we do the Google Doc. So
1: that's a great that's a great uh, way to do that. I think if you so, let's say your let's say your field judge has runs across something uh, on his film study, and he just enters, "Hey, a question. Did anybody see this action on X um, on play one thirty two? If not, how could we? Who could see this? And then enter into the Google Doc, and then everybody can. It's ob- obviously it's a refreshing uh, yeah. page. So, and then everybody just takes a peek at that, and then comment if they felt yeah. like it, or that's yeah, okay absolutely that's exactly how it goes so watching watching film 3 to 5 times per play at different at different view angles um with all that with all that viewing is there any lessons you learned uh for the first year of your grading film as a referee with all uh, i mean i, I know that we have probably already watched a lot of that 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 quantity of 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 film but what kind of lessons did you learn as, as being a, a film grader for your crew last year for the first time?
2: So, you know, individually for me, you know, it's it's my transition. So I, I was much better at picking up transitions and getting to the next block. And, you know, you watch three plays or five plays in a row of the same thing. You're picking up coaching schemes as well. Yeah. And so I learned more about how coaches coach the game, which I feel is one of the most you know, beneficial things that I could have, you know, gained this past year was just picking up on what they do and why they do it. And the more I did that, the more I was able to put myself in position to make the call and know where the the biggest point or biggest threat or point of attack is. And and that way we were able to kind of work through it that way. So from an individual standpoint, that was, that was huge. Um, Also just the, you know, just the volume of plays, my eye was being more and more trained to pick those up on the film and so anything that kind of looked out of the ordinary you know that would that would cause me to say oh okay I see it you know I don't need to go back again so you know towards the end of the season it was maybe two to three rewinds versus you know five to six rewinds so to speak so um you know so it just kind of helps you to kind of get back into that that rhythm you know just like when you're on the putting green and you know you read that line you know (laughs) <laughs> over and over and over again, you know, you know, whether it's a fast putt or a slow putt or a breaking putt, you know, you're ready to go. So you
1: see it, um, hopefully knock it in. So
0: you use the right analogy with uh, Tyler. So
1: so there you go. Golfer. Could, yeah.
0: you,
1: <laughs> could you give some of, some of the people that, that listen to this saying, give us an example as a referee position on a transition play that you picked up more and more and more as watching film, what are some of the looks as a referee position? What what's just some transitions for that you would uh, that you would explain to some of, some of the people out there that uh, may not get that far? Yeah. Yet?
2: Well, you know, for instance, I mean, this today's day and age of football, we're looking at RPO, um, you know, midline reads or stretch plays out to the right, you know, up to the right side. So for me, front side is, you know, we're reading that tackle, yep. and if that tackle starts stretching out, you know, I'm going to stay with him until it's that that first threat is clear and typically those tackles are that guard that the backside guard is starting to pull in. Mm -hmm. So at that time, my next transition is to that backside pulling guard, which Mm -hmm. is probably your next point of attack. So I'm focused there Mm -hmm. um, and getting to that block because I know it's coming and then you can finally get to that third transition, you know, depending on how, where that running back is, you know, currently at, you know, you can find that third block, whether it's a, you know, an up back or, a wide receiver or someone in that area that you can, can clear another block. So, you know, the more we overlap our blocks as a crew, the better off we are to, you know, to create that judgment. And, you know, to me, it's all about whether that threat is there or not, you know, if that threat is there, I'm staying longer. Mm -hmm. If that threat is gone and that guy's overpowered them or, you know, that threat, that threat is no longer there, I'm moving on to the next one. And so, you know, the quicker you can do that and clear those blocks in your mind, you know, the better, um, the one thing that you, you know, that for me, when I first moved in the Mountain West was I wanted to make sure I cleared them. Um, and even in the Southland, too, you want to make sure you clear those blocks and then move to the next one. Don't be too quick because you might, you know, miss yeah. that grab or, you know, that that hold that's going to spring the runner. But, um, you know, that's the biggest thing, too. But you, you start seeing it and you start seeing how the, the offensive players are getting their feet set, and, you know, and, and if they're in good position and, and then you move on. So,
1: um,
2: so you yeah, can, I hope that
1: you- yeah yeah, absolutely but i i'm assuming you can you can really work on that behind a computer screen (laughs) i'm assuming right right? absolutely absolutely you only get so many snaps during the season so practice that transition watching film as a you know maybe pick your position wherever you're at Um, i think that's a great way to do it that's great stuff
2: and and work through it i mean that's the one thing i you know encourage guys to do i mean from from your position right i mean Hey, I'm going to watch this as a line of scrimmage. I'm watching this right tackle, but now I've got this back out in space. Do I leave that right tackle and know that my referee's there? Or, you know, can I get to that back and, you know, have that conversation with your, your referee or have that conversation with your deep wing and, and, and talk about it now. I mean, right. you know, most of the crews are starting to get set now and we're getting into the summer months and those are the conversations <clears throat> that are going to be very valuable when we get to, you know, week one and Labor Day weekend or, you know, the second week in, in September there. So That's
1: a great point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that we talked about the importance of, you know, re- reviewing game film in, in in the off season like right now. Right. We're talking about game kind of game um, during the season, um, kind of situations. But you know, just, we watch yeah. a ton of film. Um, I know Tyler does as well, and uh, just to go through those progressions and start getting a feel like Michael said of, of the offenses and, 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 and looking at files and that sort of thing. So um, can't stress it enough. It's, it's the way you get snaps. Like I think we talked about this before. Somebody said to get, maybe I heard it at the clinic. <laughs> Somebody said to be an expert at something, you need to do 10,000 hours hours of that thing. Right. Yes. Oh uh, yes. Who it was Billy Kennedy yes. from NBA referee yes. said that. And um for us to get 10,000 hours, we, we're not going to do, do it on the field. So we have to do it behind the screen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to, you talked about kind of the, ge- the game that just happened. What about the game that's coming up? Do you um, review that film any differently? You know, what, what, what are the goals f- for that film review?
2: yeah for you know looking at the new teams that we're going to work on saturday um you know the up up and coming teams we i'm looking at looking at those more as a you know from a coaching standpoint right some of the trends some of the the different uh keys things that they run different packages um you know punt formations for instance you know are, are they a standard you know three back you know, up backs and, you know, what are we looking at from the, you know, from the shield and, you know, how do they, do they have the punter that kind of scrambles out to the right-hand side as he scramble out to the left-hand side?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, do we have any, you know, standard formation packages? How do they substitute, you know, mm-hmm. were they matching up on defense? Did they not match up on defense? You know, certain things like that, that I could pick up just from a game management standpoint, um, you know, who, who their key players are. You know, is it a safety? Is it a linebacker from defense? Is it a defensive end that's really fast? Is he gonna, you know, cause my quarterback a havoc? You know, during this during the game, am I gonna have a lot of hits on the passer that I'm gonna have to make judgments on? Um, you know, things like that. Is it a running yeah. team? Is it a passing team? You know, anything like that with their tendencies to help me. Um, and then we're gonna put together some notes and highlight some plays that that they had that I'm gonna show to the crew in our pregame on on Friday and, um, you know, spend pretty good time on it. I'm not rewinding it too much because I'm not looking for calls. I'm not looking for mechanics. Um, I'm just looking for general you know, overview of what they're doing and yeah. you know, who their stat guys are and, and who, who do we really need to key on because I'd be remiss, our crew would be remiss if we weren't focused on that as well because if, they're, if they have a stud receiver and they're going to throw to that stud receiver 12, 13 times, well, yeah. I mean, we got to be ready for that. And sure. so why wouldn't we put ourselves in that position and know where he's at on the field During the game, you know, so.
1: Yeah. If they got trips on the left and they're ISO'd on the right (laughs) and they throw to the ISO on the right, 80% of the time, well, we're a leg up, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm going to watch that guy. I mean, I know it's going to happen. So, you know, I'm in a good position. I can make a good call here or no call or whatever I need to do. Right. You know, so.
0: All right. So I think we're going to get back now to that uh, learning play that Tyler wanted to talk about. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. We always like to try to find a learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, <laughs> you have a learning play from the past season or two, um, that can help folks. Potentially.
2: Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know you question, have a bunch, you know, but <laughs> you kind of prepped me for it. I, you know, I, I'm going to go back to, uh, man, I, you know, I think there, there are a couple of really good plays that stick out in my mind. Um, I think one, I'm going to give you two. All right. So okay. the first one was week one last year. I'm working air force, uh, stretch play. As a matter of fact, I get to the front side, I get out to the, uh, I guess it would have been the, the number two receiver. And, you know, he's, he's kind of got his arms wrapped around the the defender and, uh, has got him pretty good. He's, you know, I feel like it's going to be a hold and I'm watching it and I'm watching it. And, you know, I think it's a hold. So I throw my flag pretty quickly and, uh, you know, it's one of those that I'm not hundred percent confidence week one. I don't know if it's quality call and I'm, yeah. I'm doubting myself already. And I'm throwing this thing and I'm like, man, my integrity's already on the line and it's, you know, the third quarter and here we go. So thank goodness for my side judge. Cause he comes running in and he goes, man, Mike, I got him. I got him overpowered. I'm like, are you sure he's overpowering him? I think he had him, you know, with a little grab and restrict. And he's like, no, I'm really confident he overpowered him. And I'm like, I'm picking it up. No yeah. problem. No foul for holding. You know, away we go, you know, explain it to the coach, why, you know, and why we talked about it. And that was that was it. And so my biggest learning out of that is, you know, if you're not confident with that flag and someone talks to you, talks to you about it, you don't have to dig your heels in and and say that you're going to stick with it. So, you know, it's always okay if you have a little doubt to pick that thing up to get it right. You know, we always want to get our calls correct. Um, and so thank goodness because it was an overpower and I would have had an incorrect call week one, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that would not have been a good start to the season. Let's just put it that way. So, right. um, so and plus, you know, week one learning too, I mean, it's right out the block. So make yeah. sure you have good, solid quality calls there. Yes. Um, really let's, you know, go to week 12 of this uh, last season, Colorado state, and Utah state, you know, we've got a wide receiver that goes out on his own, you know, last play of the game receivers you know he steps out comes back in i think csu's down i think by three maybe or four and uh kid jumps up in the end zone makes the catch comes down inbounds you know we've got a hat down from our field judge and here comes the flag out for illegal touching Mm -hmm. last play of the game utah state's got to win to you know stay in the uh in the hunt for the mountain west championship Mm -hmm. and um you know Colorado State obviously still vying for a position for a, for a bowl game as well so you know a lot at stake in that game and uh, you know it's the last play of the game you've got a loss of down penalty you've got a lot going on with a lot on the plate and as a referee the one thing you know you've got to be able to do is manage through that situation and and your emotions number one but also you've got your calling officials emotions and then you also have the six other crewmates on your on your crew that um probably are their hearts pumping as well. And so you kind of got to think about that. And then along with replay, um, you know, we got the call correct. You know, we made a, you know, solid announcement. I didn't give the right signal. You know, I gave illegal batting instead of illegal touching. So, you know, I want to take that one back. Um, But the comments, you know, the words that came out of the mouth were clean. Mm -hmm. The one thing I want back on that play is, you know, think about it a little bit clearer and say, you know, let's go to replay on that. If you have the option of replay. Okay. Um, because it's a reviewable play, you know, we knew we were correct. Replay had confirmed it for us through our, you know, Vaquero O2O system, which helped. Um, but I think if we just slow down in those moments where our heart gets racing a little bit, um, you know, whether it's a, a, a big, big time call or, you know, big time play late in the game, whether it's week one or week 12, um, you know, the biggest learning for me was, you know, take a deep breath, you know, calm the nerves, nerves a little bit more. Um, you know, process everything, think about it, take a few extra seconds just to make sure everything's being accounted for, you know, whether it's enforcement or, you know, conversation from another official, making sure that they stepped out on his own, you know, all those different components needed to be taken into account, especially Mm -hmm. in a complex play like that. So those were, you know, kind of my two plays that I really, you know, turned to last season as a real big learning for me. And, you know, hopefully it'll, you know, transpire into this season, just being a little bit calmer and. Um, you know, processing just that extra moment to get to the whole picture taken care of. So
1: as 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 that situation was evolving um, and you can look back at it now, um, how do you think Do you think how do you think your crew handled that? Do you think they were they were they were they calm and collected? Um, I mean, I know you had a learning point of it, but if you can step back yeah. and look at it all, were they how good were yeah. they? Were they had to be great. They nailed this thing.
2: I'm going to tell you the field judge's eyes were saucers.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he
2: came in, he he knew he knew he had made a call that, you know, needed to be correct. Um it was a big time call and he and he knew that. What he what he saw was exactly what he saw, but putting that into words and communicating it to me was uh, a little bit of a challenge. So for me, I saw that and I went to, "Hey, I'm going to take care of this guy. Let's just hey, what do you have?" you know, you cool calm conversation with him. You know, just talk to me. No one else is around you. I mean, both teams had cleared the benches, right? Cause they were cheering and you know, you're trying to let your crew take care of that. You know, don't worry about them. Let me talk to the field judge. Let's make the decision here. Let's talk first. And then we'll bring the crew in once everything else has been taken care of. And so the rest of the crew did a great job with that. They did an awesome job of keeping the coaches informed and talking to them. And, you know, we knew one coach wasn't going to be happy. We, you know, that's just the given, but we were able to communicate what we were working through um, with all the other guys and they, they handled it exceptionally well. Um, back judge came in as kind of the voice of reason, you know, and, and I turned to him and I said, Hey, this is what we have. This is what he's ruling. Are we correct on this? You know, he was kind of the rules guy, you know, just yeah. something to just check and balance on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, that sounds right. So let's make that announcement and the you know, replay official at that time's is here in this conversation. And he's like, that's what I have. Everything sounds good, guys. So let's make the announcement and let's uh, hurry up to the locker room. So I, I think we handled it very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like I said, the only thing I wish we could have done differently is waited for replay and done a, you know, more of a, just a, a, a solid replay stoppage would have communicated that better to the coach. And then we, I don't think it would have been, it would have been a big deal regardless. But it just would have added that extra layer of getting it completely right, correct.
0: Yeah.
1: So it, was, it sounds like it was handled. Yeah. Great.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. so I mean, kind of to wrap, wrap this up, how do you get to that point? Is is this thing, yeah. these, are these things you talk about in uh, some of the pregames during, you know, one of the weeks during the season?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's layers, man. I think it's starting yeah. at, at day one when we send out our crew communication, the first first time the crew's announced, you know, setting those goals. I think that that really starts paving the way. And, you know, if we're going to focus on communication on and off the field and we're going to do the little things correct, if we do that continuously and it becomes a habit, then whether it's the fourth quarter, last play of the game or the first quarter, first kickoff, we're ready to go all 60 minutes. And I think it's strategic, you know, from a referee has to be strategic on that. He has to know how to lead his crew to that point. There's going to be up and downs and you know, ups and downs during the weeks and, and things like that. But you have to continue to steer the ship that way and allow those guys to kind of lead it and, and, uh, facilitate that. So I don't think if, you know, if I didn't build a, a crew that was, that was trusting of me, but trusting of each other, I mean, I I don't think it would, it wouldn't have gone as smoothly,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: if that play happened week two, probably not as pretty. Right. Um, you know, cause I think we, we, we pride ourselves on, on peaking later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you get to know guys, you want to peak late, Um, but again, you know, hopefully, you know, looking forward this year, it's going to be a different expectation. If we have the same crew, it sounds like we should have the same crew. So for me, if we don't come out week one and perform, you know, 12 straight weeks of, you know, solid officiating, that's going to be a letdown because we have that, you know, we've built that over the last two years. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I just very strategic in how we get to that point. Um, but I think it's always about building guys up and, you know, making them feel confident enough to make that call. That field judge would have never made that call week one. I can tell you that. Yeah. And, you know, that call got him the mountain West championship and, there you, go. you know, he knows that he's confident about it. And, you know, that's going to, that's going to shoot him to higher levels of officiating this year. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully I have him on my crew this year and, <laughs> you know, keep the same guys together and, uh, you know, we'll have a solid season. So,
1: yeah, but yeah, great, yeah. great experience on that play. That's great. And to tie all that together, I mean, the more film review and study you, you watch, uh, yeah. the more muscle memory yep. in that brain just remembers what I see. Uh, because yep. I like how you said that, because I I mean, we all understand that when we see something, yeah. we know what we saw, but then we're like, did I really just see that? <laughs> and so I, I understand that right. feeling yeah. 100%. Um, but I think the more that we work at this thing, the more that we talk about this thing and, uh, mm-hmm. especially, um, all you folks out there that, that work together as a, as a unit, um, it's, I mean, I don't, that's great. I, I love to hear those stories because mm-hmm. that's the growing portion of all this. And, and I know that we all out there are trying to do that same thing as is to, is to, uh, get better. For sure. together,
0: yeah. So. so yeah, Michael, I can't thank you enough mm-hmm. for, for yeah. coming on and, uh, just talking about these two topics, film reviewing, uh, pregame, and then also sharing your, uh, your play scenarios with us. It's, this kind of stuff is huge. Um, not only for Tyler and I, but for the, uh, hundreds now of people that are listening to this, that will listen to this. And, uh, so yeah, thank you again.
2: Appreciate it guys. Appreciate the opportunity and, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, the upcoming season and, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys hang in there and, you know, let's hit the grind this summer and uh, get focused and ready to go. So.
1: Will do. Will do. Will Michael, do. thank you so much for taking your time and good luck next season, okay?
2: All right, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All Have right. a good one. Take care. Thanks.
1: How was that for a conversation with another referee? I mean, we got all these
0: referees on. We got to have some love for some other (laughs) positions pretty soon. (laughs) We will. I know. (laughs) Um, I know somebody was like, give us some umpire some love. Yeah, more umpire love. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming, though. Um, No, but that was good. But he's such a, you guys, you can tell he's such a great um, person and referee as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to have him on. So he did a great job. A lot of good information. Mm
1: -hmm. Good learning place, too.
0: Yeah. Great learning place. Yeah. Um, and just getting, you know, how you get to that point. Right. Sure. I love that. Um, the sequence of events, how you get to that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't just start there in week one or mm-hmm. when you first get your crew, but you need to like build this foundation. Yeah, he's
1: about like, peaking at the end.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And I really liked how he said how this is a crew chief or any good crewmate. Let me even put it that way. Yeah. Just a crew, a good crewmate. Yep. You see a partner. With the look of <laughs> saucers. I'll just use his yeah. words, right? Yep. Um, I liked how he told, how he portrayed how he could read what was happening. Yeah. So let me start the conversation mm-hmm. at a level to where I can, we can keep it, you know, calm. Yeah. And let's just talk.
0: You don't want to both be hyped up.
1: Right. So I'll
0: come up there and go, look, hey, what yeah, you got? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, so I
1: thought that was kind of good to hear. You know yeah. what I mean? And that could be done from any position.
0: Yeah. When exactly. you're sideline
1: partners and, and you, you got, mm-hmm. you know, catch, no catch, those type. Yeah. That can translate anywhere.
0: It, yeah, exactly.
1: Not just a referee needing information for, I mean, that's important, but any other area, right? Yep. Back judge, side judge, end line, you know, all those things. So that was One cool. One big word he used. What was that? Trust. Trust, baby.
0: So they built that trust. Yes. If you trust yeah. the other folks on the field. Then you can do that type of thing, right? Yeah, it was yeah. it was, so. a,
1: it, was a, it was a good good to hear that because I think that's important and and as a crew aspect of of uh, just knowing your your crewmates um, as a family that's that's good stuff. So thank you for uh, for that conversation from Michael. Yes, uh, for taking some time out of his day to uh, join us and 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 share some more experiences with yeah. us all right. and all you've out there. So,
0: yep. Uh, final thing again, save the date June fifteenth mm-hmm. virtual clinic coming up. Um and it'll be you'll it you might you might get an email before you start listening to this. Yeah, but, probably. But, um but yeah, it'll coming. So
1: So thank you again for joining us all. Thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right.